This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Join the conversation and message Buck on Facebook, Instagram, or email teambuck at iheartmedia.com. He may read it on the show. Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hunt. Great to have you with me as always. Topics today, why isn't our media talking about the insurrection in South Africa? Plus, the Biden White House wants to use the misinformation charge to shut down dissent. And uh, Dr. Fauci versus Dr. Paul, it was a good one, a throwdown for the ages. And how climate change panic is the next globalist initiative that they're going to use in the wake of the uh, fading health pandemic that we've been going through. So we'll get into all of this. And first, I want to just note for you that some people were saying, oh, my gosh, third wave of covid and Delta variant. And there's this big stock sell off. And I actually was on air and I said, hold on a second. This is not going to be what the panic brigades are saying it's going to be. But if you didn't know what you were doing, if if you had, you know, sold off a lot of stuff, right, you would have lost a lot of money. And I listened to my friends at Carnivore Trading because they agreed they saw all of this happening. Carnivore Trading is an elite team of Wall Street strategists. I mean, they're legends among Wall Street heavy hitters, and they've gone rogue. They want to invite everyday folks like me and you to see and mirror their explosive trades. And so that's why when the market gets rocky or when something happens, you need people who have been there before, understand what's happening, and can help you get the best gains possible and protect your wealth if there's a real downturn, okay? Sound too good to be true? Carnivore will let you see the trades they're making right now for two weeks free. Go to GetOurTrades.com. Use promo code BUCK for two free weeks. If you join, you'll get Carnivore's industry-leading promise. You'll generate three times your fees after your annual paid subscription, or you'll get a 100% refund. Go to GetOurTrades.com. Promo code BUCK. That's GetOurTrades.com. Promo code BUCK. See website for guaranteed terms and conditions. Past performance, not a guarantee of future earnings. South Africa is in extreme turmoil right now, and there's a reason that the media is not talking to you about it. It's very similar to why you don't hear much of the despair in Venezuela either, because as we know, the left, the libs, have certain ideological sympathies for different regimes and different circumstances around the world. And their first concern is not truth. Their first concern is not human rights or even the ability of individuals to be able to take care of and and feed themselves in the midst of upheaval or even a despotic or totalitarian regime. You see this in Cuba, where the left has made it very clear and it's it's obvious and it's depressing because this is something that they have no real excuse for other than the embargo It's clear that they won't call out Cuba the way they will call out other regimes. It's it's clear that there is an ideological sympathy that they hold for for Cuba. And it's just outrageous. Right. Well, why is it that Americans don't know very much in general about what real police state tactics in Cuba means? Why is it that the American people don't know that? You are not allowed to fish yourself to feed yourself in Cuba. You have to go to the government market because the fisheries are all controlled by the communist regime. And they sell that fish on the open market. 
You get in Cuba what the government gives you, says you can have, and you're not allowed to get more for yourself, unless, of course, you are an actual commie party member. So this, these are the kind of things that they don't want people in this country to know. They want to, they want to think of Cuba as a place where you go on vacation and it's so culturally vibrant and, oh, they've got this great health care system and the doctors. This is the idiot propaganda of the left. They don't talk about what it's like to wait in line for hours to get your allotment of eggs. Only one kind of eggs of whatever chicken they decide to give you, of whatever rice they decide you are owed. Think about what that does over time to a person. But they also aren't telling you for the same ideological reasons about what's really happening in South Africa right now. I would commend to you a very excellent piece written by Ryan uh, Milan, How Equity Ideology Plunged South Africa into Inequality and Chaos. Because here's the story that you've heard about South Africa in the media. Oh, there's some supporters of uh, Jacob Zuma, the president of South Africa. Jacob Zuma, a former president, rather, was taken into into custody. He is going to serve a prison sentence. So his supporters are upset, so they are looting and rioting right now. Nothing else really to see here, nothing else really to get into or think about, but there's much more than that. Here's what Ryan Milan writes in this piece. Quote, the overarching truth is that an idea pushed South Africa to the brink. You guys know this idea because it animates the sermons of critical race theorists trying to force you to take the knee and atone for your supposed sins. I'm going to call it the beautiful idea because it is beautiful in a way, but also dangerous. The beautiful idea holds that all humans are born with identical gifts and should turn out to be clones of one another in a just society. Conversely, any situation in which disparity survives is proof itself of injustice. This is the line promoted by critical race theory pundit Ibram X. Kendi, who blames all racial disparities on racist policies. But what policies is he talking about? Kendi is reluctant to be drawn in on this, and with good reason. He can't name the policies because they don't exist anymore. In your country, this is a non-American writing about America, discriminatory laws have been repealed. All forms of overt racism outlawed and replaced by laws that enforce preferential black access to jobs, housing, and college admissions. Uh, this is this is an outsider telling us, see what's going on in South Africa. It's proving why critical race theory is so destructive, why this notion of absolute inequality can ruin a society equity, as they call it in critical race theory circles. So instead, what you have as well, he goes on, quote, Kendi must insist that an invisible miasma of systemic racism infects white people and propels them to act in ways so subtly racist, most of them aren't even aware they're sick until it's pointed out to them by diversity consultants. Once upon a time, South African revolutionaries would have laughed at this sort of thing. Until the mid-1980s, the aims of our freedom struggle were the eradication of capitalism and the creation of a classless society where equity would be enforced at gunpoint by commissars. But the Soviet Union collapsed just as the African National Congress started its rise to power, 
forcing our new leaders to embrace economic policies of the neoliberal variety. End quote. So part of the struggle against apartheid in the African National Congress was also a very close relationship with communism and the Soviet Union, which often does not get discussed, um, that Mandela was tied in very closely with the communists, for example. Mandela is thought of now as a, a global hero on the scale of Martin Luther King, and certainly the struggle against apartheid was a righteous one, as righteous as one could be. But that doesn't mean that we can't think about what happened and what went into all of that, because there's been an absolute unwillingness to discuss the what comes after the end of apartheid. OK, well, what now? No one in the West seems to really want to spend much time thinking about it. Um, and this is what this is piece written by a South African about how equity ideology destroyed South Africa is a warning. I'm telling you about this because it's a warning about what can happen in the United States. There was essentially a spoils system created by the new black leadership of the African National Congress. And this, as he writes, worked fairly well in the beginning for some people. Quote, some blacks became billionaires. Many others joined the white suburban elite and sent their kids to private schools. Transformation of the civil service spurred the growth of a new black middle class, generally commanding salaries far higher than in the private economy. But in the longer term, the economic consequences were devastating. In addition to paying taxes at Scandinavian levels, South African corporations were required to cede large ownership stakes to black partners, whether or not they brought anything to the table besides black skin and connections in high places. Firms were also required to meet racial quotas in hiring and ensure that management was racially representative, meaning 88% black. Tendering for government business became increasingly pointless because contracts were invariably awarded to black-owned firms, even if their prices were double, triple, or tenfold. Investment dried up, brains drained, the economy stagnated, causing unemployment to surge to 11.4 million from 3.3 million in 1994. 11.4 million today. The upshot, utter misery for the underclass, doomed to sit in tin shacks, half-starved, watching the black elite grow fat on the pickings of equity laws and rampant corruption. This was especially bitter for young black people, 63% of whom are now jobless in South Africa, too broke even for booze and drugs to dull the pain. And in recent weeks, it proved far too easy for Zuma, Jacob Zuma, the former president, uh, to get his supporters out into the streets with promises of loot. Think about this. Here, here's a warning of what happens when you do equity laws and take them to the fullest. Here's a warning for what happens when you have reparations, which is effectively what occurred in South Africa. South Africa got rid of the apartheid system, and then all of a sudden there were these laws that said you must have in a private company. The state says you must have almost 90 percent management representation by black Africans. So explicit, explicit quotas and demands based upon skin color, not on merit, not on skill, not on ability. 
How did this all work out? Well, cities like Durban and Johannesburg are desperately both uh, unequal and full of crime. So there are enormous shanty towns, enormous shanty towns of the likes you'd see in the favelas outside of major Brazilian or on the on the outskirts and strewn within Brazilian major Brazilian cities. So how did it all get to this point? I mean, you you don't understand what's really going on in Cuba, in Venezuela or in South Africa until you understand that one central planning and collectivism are the twin miseries of any government of any state. And then when you add into this the the Marxist ethos, or in the case of South Africa, the the strong communist trend. I mean, there were there were there was South African Communist Party, ANC was allied with communists. There was this strong thread of absolute radical equality instead of a market-based society. Because here's the thing: a market-based society is going to result in inequality, but it's inequality rooted in a fair system that rewards people differently for their work, their industriousness, their brain power, their skills, whatever it may be. There will be unequal outcomes in any market-based society here in America, in, in South Africa, anywhere. You're going to have this. So anyone who promises you absolute equality is promising the impossible. And to try to enforce that, they need tremendous power. They need authoritarian levels of power i want to come back into this in just a moment but in the meantime you know that big tech is not your friend in fact increasingly it's clear that they're working directly with the white house to shut you down and there's all kinds of hacking that's also going on so you're being spied on by your own government and you got chinese based and russian based and north korean based hackers who are trying to get access to your sensitive information and if you're just going to trust that big tech has your back, you know that that's a that's a fool's position. That's why I want you to try secure. Secure exists to protect your online data. It's perfect for professionals like accountants, tax consultants and real estate agents who send sensitive financial information. Anyone working with sensitive material or anyone needing privacy needs secure. They never mind your information like big tech. They are security and privacy focused with instant messaging and email platforms located in Switzerland, which is the country where the world's strictest data privacy laws are applied. Secure is hailed by privacy advocates globally in the assurance their data is kept truly safe by proprietary grade military encryption methods. Your data belongs to you and should be yours alone. Experience the ultimate comfort of mind in your business and personal life, knowing that your privacy is not in jeopardy from the prying hands of hackers or big tech. Go to secure, that's S-E-K-U-R, secure.com, secure, S-E-K-U-R.com. Use the coupon code BUCK for one week free and 25% off. Be sure to use that coupon code BUCK for that 25% off and to tell them you heard about it here on the Buck Sexton Show. Secure.com to regain your privacy. How many of the journalists right now who will share their opinions on social media about South Africa. You notice there's a lot of quiet about the fact that there's widespread devastation in the two most populous provinces of South Africa. Enormous riots, hundreds of people killed, and entire neighborhoods burned to the ground. Residences, hospitals burned to the ground. Not seeing a lot of news coverage of this, are you? 
Well, in part, it's because there is, among liberals in this country, a sense that you can't criticize South Africa. It's not allowed. Not allowed to do it. All you need to know about South Africa is the struggle against apartheid, yay Mandela, and now the country is a place where celebrities will go to Cape Town to take fancy vacations or go uh, go on safari to see the you know amazing animals. That's what that's what you're supposed to think about South Africa. You're not supposed to think about the possibility that this place is on the way to becoming a failed state. You're not supposed to think about the fact that the former president of this country who has called this is Jacob Zuma, who has called onto the streets, his supporters. Has four wives, has faced almost 800 different criminal counts of corruption. Has taken campaign money, allegedly, from uh, the Gaddafi family. Faced charges of fraud, racketeering, tax evasion, corruption and even rape, by the way. That this guy is a, a true thug in the sense that he will tell his supporters to go out there and and attack and loot and destroy. Why don't we ever hear about about Jacob Zuba? Why don't we ever hear about the situation in this country under his leadership and under the leadership that has come after him? Uh, Ramaphosa. You would think, who's the current president, you would think that this would be an interesting story to the international press, but it's not. They really don't want to talk much about this. They don't talk about the rolling blackouts, which we all know come from a country that's having substantial electricity problems, right? Something that's a really bad sign. The overstretched water supply, the near open borders, that means that you have a lot of very impoverished Africans who show up in South Africa and then end up moving into these shanties. How... The, the poor in South Africa live in cruel conditions. I mean, truly, uh, truly awful circumstances. And there are millions and millions of them. I mean, enormous slums. But hold on a second. It's you've had you've had black leadership in South Africa now for a few decades. Why? Why isn't this all turning around the way we were led to believe that it is? Well, when you look at some of the failed policies, it comes down to the uh, racial preferences as a function of law. Right. Things like you have to hire X number of black Africans. You remember there there is a contingent of white South Africans. Um, so they, they are being dis- and, and it's there's a few million of them. So they are being discriminated against. But as a function of law. But you have people like Zuma, who is essentially a demagogue, Jacob Zuma. He comes from the uh, the Zulu tribe in South Africa. There's still tribal allegiances that people have in South Africa. And you don't hear about what an atrocious series of leaders this country has had with unbelievable corruption and, I mean, you just have the, the, the people who are in charge making sure they're billionaires and that everybody else can just sort of suffer in silence. That's the idea. That's what ends up happening here. And it's awful as you look and read and see more about what's going on in South Africa. There's no sense of leadership accountability because the West, the Western world in particular, has a narrative. It's. 
everything in South Africa since the end of apartheid in the 90s. Everything is great. It's fantastic. The leadership of the country is doing a good job. Everyone should be happy. When in, in reality, you have a country that is coming apart at the seams and people start to really they start to really wonder. Um, I mean, here is this was from a, a decade ago. It was a Peter Hitchens brother of Christopher Hitchens piece where he was talking about in Cape Town, Helen Zilla, who was a popular and effective mayor of Cape Town a decade ago, talking about what she saw coming. So I want to want to be clear. This is from a long time ago. Um, she says the, the closed crony system leads to power abuse and eventually to a criminal state. She urged her supporters to concentrate on reducing the African National Congress's vote and get it used the idea of real democracy. Otherwise, it will misuse its excessive power. Something she warns inevitably leads to Zimbabwe. Liberation movements such as the ANC, she says, make bad democratic governments because they're, they believe their goal is to seize power. The diagnosis is impressive, cool, and clear. The cure a real law-governed democracy is attractive. But the prognosis, a rigged and menacing election, a government founded on lawlessness, and an uneducated, cunning new leader with his roots in tribe and tradition, referring to Zuma, remember this is from a decade ago before he became president, is not good. How distressing to think, Hitchens writes, it might never, it, it might never have come to this if the world had been more critical and more interested during the wasted years of Mandela and Thabo Mbeki. Wide-eyed idealism has let us down again, as it always does. It is not, as the fashionable people claimed, a fairy tale story. History did not stop when Nelson Mandela ended his long walk to freedom. They are not all going to live happily ever after. That was from, that's, that's Peter Hitchens, that was from 2009, April 22nd, 2009. And look where we are now. The country is coming apart. The country is in the midst of awful riots. And how is it going to get better? Well, equity as a policy is something that we should all be very wary of. Equity, the absolute equality that is needed to achieve it will pull any society, pull any country apart. The uh, Biden White House is not shy at all about pushing for censorship of those they don't like. Here is White House comms director Kate Bedingfield talking about social media companies needing to hold people accountable. Well, we're reviewing that, and certainly they should be held accountable. And I think you've heard the president speak very aggressively about this. He understands this is an important piece of the ecosystem. But it's also the other thing the president has pointed out and spoke to when he was asked about this yesterday is it's, it is also the responsibility of the people creating the content. And again, I would go back to, you know, there are conservative news outlets who are creating irresponsible content that's sharing misinformation about the, vi- about the virus that's getting shared on these platforms. I want to know, what are these conservative news outlets that are doing it? Fox News has had its most prominent hosts and for a long time now clearly in favor of vaccines for those who are at risk and those in general who would like an extra level of protection. I mean, you know, Sean Hannity came out recently and said, take this seriously, get the vaccine if you're at risk. I mean, there's 
there's plenty of of uh, individuals who are very prominent on the right who you'd have to say are are pro vaccine. So the problem here seems to be, as far as the White House is concerned, that, oh, I don't know, maybe Tucker Carlson occasionally will say, hold on a second. I've got a question about this. You see, you're not allowed to have questions. That's really the point. And they're doing that. It's pathetic to watch this happen. But they're blaming, endlessly blaming uh, Trump still. Right. The guy who set up Operation Warp Speed. It's his fault that there aren't more who are vaccinated. President Trump had COVID in October. He decided to get vaccinated in January. He didn't tout the vaccination. It came out months later, but he could still tout it. He could still say this is a Trump accomplishment and encourage people in these states who are lagging behind the national average to get vaccinated. That that won't solve all of the problem because there's many reasons people don't get vaccinated. It's all on Trump, you see. Once again, it's all about Trump. It's it's uh, his fault. The, the libs are crazy. It doesn't matter how absurd this is. They will continue to say it. They will continue to believe it. And even while, while I'm telling you the Delta variant is effectively going to go through the country now, and those who don't have immunity, either through vaccine or infection, are very likely to get hit with the Delta variant. I mean, if you're still in that pocket of people in America who have not gotten vaccinated and have not been already infected, which you got to assume, I mean, this is what? 25%, 30% of the country, 40% max, something like that. I mean, no one really knows, but it's a clearly a minority of the country at this point. And yes, those individuals are putting, are, are, are possibly probably going to get the Delta variant, but we're going to handle it. We're going to handle it. And then, and then that should be it, because if it's not the end, if we aren't basically at the end of the pandemic, we're never at the end of the pandemic. This is the, the discussion that I was worried we're going to come to inevitably, because what do they want? Even if this becomes an endemic disease, if COVID-19 becomes something that is in the general population uh, and, and continues to cycle through like cold viruses, other coronaviruses, by the way, like the flu that is seasonal. If that's what happens, we're going to keep on trying to chase it with all these restrictions. It's just idiotic. No, what is what do we do every year in flu season? You know, you do what you can, but you live your life. You're sick. You stay home. You stay away from people. You're at risk. You get a vaccine. Maybe not everyone does. But those are the steps that people take. No, they want to bring back the things that not only are excessive, but I would argue are irrelevant do not work. Do not help. Things like, oh, you know, I'm coming for it. Mask mandates. Here is the Ob- I mean, the uh, Biden administration surgeon general. Play clip 10. Well, Lester, I think what L.A. County is doing is something you're going to start seeing in other parts of the country. If cases rise in localities, continue to rise. And if the unvaccinated population remains uh, low. And I think it's very appropriate for localities to make these decisions about putting mitigation measures like masking back in place. Localities putting masks back in place. I told you they weren't going to give it up. I told you they were not going to let it go. And you're seeing just like I've been. I'm just going to say, I, have I not been right 95 percent of the time during the pandemic team? Have I not been right 95 percent of the time? 
I mean, let's be let's be real about it for a second. If you think I missed something, let me know. But the mask mandate is something that I'm going to continue to fight against. It's so dumb. It really is. But people are so emotionally invested in it because how could they be so easily misled? How could they be such a bunch of simpletons who think they're brilliant? The maskers. All right, I have all of Mike Lindell's products at home right now. I've got the my pillows. I've got the mattress topper. I've got my slippers. I've got the my towels. Top quality, amazing stuff. I just got a bunch for my dad for Father's Day because I'm a big believer. Edit. I just got a bunch for my dad for his birthday, which is coming up in uh, just uh, just a few days because he loves the products and so does my mom. So I've got my pillow for my family now too. This is this is a bunch of products that are game changers for your sleep. The mattress topper, sheets, towels, slippers, and more. Plus, Mike Lindell stands up to the cancel culture. You've got to stand with Mike. Don't buy sheets or pillows or any of that stuff from a bunch of big corporate commies. Get them from Mike Lindell. Great stuff, great products. Listeners like you have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today. And Mike Lindell wants to give back to all of you. You can get great discounts on MyPillow products by going to MyPillow.com right now and clicking on new radio listener specials, all right? You're going to see rotational offers up to 66% off on products like their pillows, mattress topper, and Giza sheets, but also new products like their slippers, weighted blankets, robes, waffle blankets, and more. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Enter promo code BUCK, that's promo code BUCK for... These great radio specials and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All right, it's time for the Fouch, who had a rough one with Rand Paul. Rand, why are you doing this to me? I'm just a cuddly little lab coat tyrant. But Dr. Paul is having none of it. Do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Mr. Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain-of-function. So what was? Let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its yeah, transmissibility yeah. to humans. Right. You're saying that's not gain of function. Yeah, that is correct. And and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially, you do not know what you are talking about. Let's okay, you get NIH, one person. Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among mammals is gain of function. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function. It is not. It's a dance and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for 4 million people dying around the world from a pandemic. It is not, you are very mean, and I do not, I, Dr. Fauci, do not like you, Dr. Rand Paul. I think your doctor should be taken away. You're not quite like Dr. Jill Biden, who really earned it. Uh, Yeah, you can tell these two don't like each other. But it's because Dr. Rand Paul calls out little Fauci, and he's not used to that. He's used to fawning profiles in GQ magazine. He's used to everyone saying what a what a genius he is, but he's not. He's a clown, as you know. 
One more thing I want to throw in the mix today on the show. There is, I've said this, I, I, hate, I hate to be the guy, I've said it all along, I've said it all along, but you know I have. For over a year now I've been telling you they're going to try to get this mass mobilization around COVID where they can control the most minute aspects of your day-to-day life. They want to take that same mentality of compliance and apply it to climate change. And how are they going to do that? Well, COVID, it was to save your life. Climate change, they're going to say, it's about saving the planet. And fundamentally, the struggle to tackle the global climate crisis is just as simple and profound as this place. It's about protecting and preserving the fragile world that we share. It's about understanding that it costs more not to respond to the climate crisis than it does to respond. And it is, without exaggeration, about survival. Without exaggeration. No, that's the biggest exaggeration ever. It's completely insane. These people are nuts. And remember, the same ones that that will tell you you got to mask up all the time, you got to put your mask on, those are the people that believe we're all going to die from climate change. So they're willing to inflict unscientific idiocy on you because they have belief, not knowledge, not data, not proof, not science, belief. It's pretty horrifying when you think about it. But you know what makes me happy? Put us on a on a good closing note here. Producer Mark, I got to see him today. He is here with me. I got to give him a high five. There's even a photo of him on Facebook. I haven't seen this guy. All right, here he is with me. He's actually in studio, live and in the flesh. Producer Mark, what do you want to say to all of Team Buck? At least we know you're alive. It's so weird actually speaking to you face-to-face. We can look at each other. I know. Mark and I spent the pandemic talking and looking at each other, you know, over FaceTime and and virtual stuff. But here he is. I will tell you, he looks exactly the same. And that's because despite what you think on the radio, where you might hear his voice and his, his general tone and demeanor and think that he is in his 40s and owns a minor league sports franchise and chomps cigars all day, he's actually 28 years old. Yes, and I haven't changed my look since middle school. So He looks exactly the exactly same, the so same. took good care of himself, everybody. Producer Mark is fine. I mean, I wouldn't call that taking good take care of myself, but, you know, whatever. He's having a good time, but here he is with me. Those of you who are wondering, you said, I kept getting all these emails for, for a few weeks. Where's Producer Mark? I was like, he's fine. Yeah. He's on vacation. We're doing a show transition from radio to podcast. But here he is live in the flesh. We all give him a big high five and a hug from all of you on the team. And we will do roll call this week. So if you have any special roll call for Producer Mark, now that we have found him and know he's alive. Uh, well, I guess we knew he was alive and he was talking to us. But now we've seen him in the flesh. Send it our way. We'll get into some deep roll call on Friday. Please make sure you pass the buck. Tell people about the Buck Sexton Show podcast. I really want you to keep subscribing and listening to this show. This is where I just get to let it rip and deep dive with all of you. Um, We've had people who have been unsubscribing from this show to subscribe to my new show. Please subscribe to both. They are free. And listen to this one first thing every day. Uh, And then you can listen to the Clay and Buck Show when that gets posted in the afternoon. But this should be your, your first stop deep dive on news and then listen to the clay and buck show in the afternoon that's going to be it for today team thanks for being with me shields high